This is Channel 253. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Candice. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, informing an empowered electorate. I thought we were empowering an informed electorate. In In the the city city of destiny. Hi, Candace. We just recorded our very first of many election interviews for 2019. Could this guy be, could he be a nicer guy? I know. Keith is awesome. Keith is a nice guy. And you will find out some interesting medical history about Mm. city councilman Keith Blocker that you might not have known. Listen in. Woo! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma. Here today in our first of many election interviews we have councilman keith blocker welcome well thank you for having me yeah thank you so much for coming on is yeah. this your first time in the moon yard yeah this is my first time in the is moon it? yard yeah. nice first yeah. of many I'm first sure. of many yep. <laughs> all right so so keith tell us about yourself tell us about uh where you're from where you grew up how you came to tacoma all that good stuff cool so i'm originally from philadelphia I um, was born and raised in Philadelphia. I spent the first 25 years of my life in Philadelphia. Um, interesting thing about my experience in Philadelphia, I experienced homelessness in Philadelphia. Uh, I lived in 25 different houses in the span of 25 years wow. in Philadelphia. Um, you know, from anywhere from six years to one month, just kind of couch surfing and things like that. And, um, when I was young, little boy my mom experienced domestic violence so that was the first time I ever had to live in a shelter so I I'm really uh, empathetic about people who go through that experience Um, I often tell people that you know we don't think enough about the children who are going through those experiences you know when people have to go to shelters and and when I think back I don't recall one time anybody ever asking, like, you know, how are you doing? Right. Yeah. You know, people, you know, tend to work with the parents, but there, you know, there wasn't programs or things to to deal with the trauma of being homelessness for myself as a young person or my sister. So so that's something I think about a lot. Um you know, but education was really important. You know, I, I worked hard in school despite, you know, experiencing homelessness, you know, several times. And uh, I did well in school, you know, my sisters did, we all did well in school and I, I, I like to brag cause, uh, <laughs> my mom, my mom raised three kids. She had a, a dr- she, you know, suffered with uh, drug addiction and raised three kids. All of us went to college. Wow. All of us, uh, are doing well. My mom's doing well. She's clean. She's been nice. clean for 10 years now. Um, I, I love to brag on my youngest sister. She is a, a Yale graduate a University of Pennsylvania graduate, and then she went to law school at Columbia and got wow. her, her her law degree at Columbia. And my other sister did really well too. She's a social worker back in Philadelphia, went to Temple University, and I moved out here at the age of twenty five, just trying to find my way. I had a close friend who lived in 
Philadelphia who was working on his master's degree, who's from the Northwest. And he had invited me to come check out the Northwest and said, I'm buying a house in Tacoma. Uh, we were really into hip hop music. <laughs> so hip hop is, is one of my passions. So we made a lot of hip hop music in Philadelphia and we thought we were going to take over the hip hop scene in Tacoma, which, <laughs> which never quite happened. But we There's did. There's still time. It's still time. It's still time. But what we did do, we used hip hop music as a way to engage young people. And uh, we organized events back in 2007. We started doing an event called So Just. Uh, it was an arts and music festival. And we did that for five years and really did a, a good job with engaging young people and highlighting artists that had a social justice message. And we wanted to make sure that we recognized those artists and pay those artists. And we were able to do that for five years. Yeah. And um, when I got out of here, I also was interested in going back to school. The problem was I had a, a I had a disability that I was not aware of until I moved to the city of Tacoma. So mm-hmm. I'm actually legally blind. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I have I have macular degeneration. Oh wow! It's a it's um it's a genetic disease that has uh, deteriorated my my uh, my retina, the the nerves that are connected to my retina. Wow. So it's called Stargardt's disease. It's one of those rare diseases. And um, I use that as motivation. It was like, well, it can't be fixed. It can't be corrected. So I went to the Washington State Services for the Blind. And they said, hey, we'll help you go back to school. I said, well, sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like a plan. So I started out at Tacoma Community College. Uh, then I transferred my credits over to University of Puget Sound. I was able to get my bachelor's degree from there. Um, you so, were a Palmer Scholar, right? Yeah, I was nice. a Palmer Scholar. Right? I always make a joke. I was one of those old people that took a <laughs> scholarship from some poor 18-year-old. But um, <laughs> I was 28 at the time when I got the Palmer Scholarship, which was really helpful yeah. uh, to help pay tuition because University of Puget Sound is extremely expensive. But I was fortunate enough to get a lot of grant funding and uh, had to take out some loans. But um, uh, it was a good experience. And, you know. What did you major in? uh, Communication studies. Nice. Yeah, communication studies. I took a lot of um, classes around business and communication studies, African-American studies. Those are the the main three things that I took at University of Puget Sound. Nice. And so did you notice this going on with your eyes and with your sight? You know, the vision is funny because, you know, I— it was times where I would say, you know, I, I think I thought I could see that sign from across the street, <laughs> you know, or, you know, I would walk into McDonald's or something or a fast food restaurant and I couldn't read the uh, menus mm. and I didn't know what was wrong. And I just figured I just needed glasses. I didn't have any medical insurance. Um, I ended up going to an eye doctor. They didn't know what was wrong. And funny thing is, when I moved to Tacoma, I went to three eye doctors like in the first month in Tacoma because the first eye doctor was like hey I don't know what's going on so he sent me to a specialist that specialist sent me to a specialist and then when I went to the Washington State Services for the Blind they also sent me to their specialist how do so many like eyeball professionals (laughs) not like recognize something that sounds like at least fairly common yeah it's a rare disease oh it's a rare disease okay it's a rare disease it's actually on the list of the rare disease oh really so when we do our resolutions <laughs> yeah and I, I always speak to it because it's one of those rare diseases that many people don't have wow. and the interesting thing is vision loss uh 
people with vision loss are the highest unemployed. Oh. So even like me, I, I could see enough to get around. I don't need a dog or a cane. But uh, one out of 10 people with vision loss anywhere from the span of blind to just vision loss, um, only one out of 10 people are employed. One out of 10 are employed? One or? out of 10. So it's 10% employment. So it's the lowest. 10% employment. Yeah, 10% employment. Wow. People. And it's mostly because people... It's not that people with vision loss aren't capable of doing things. It's it's people's perceptions mm-hmm. of what my abilities are. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of those challenges that I have to face. I did not know that about you, Keith. Yeah. And I covered city council for yeah. like two years. I feel embarrassed I didn't know that. Well, it's, it's one of those. It's, it's an invisible disability because, you know, people, unless I tell them, you know, or unless you see the text on my phone, which is like extremely big, <laughs> you know. So, but I use all kinds of gadgets. Um, use all, you know, I stopped wearing my glasses. I used to wear these bifocals because it, it just got awkward. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would be reading and like with my face <laughs> in the book, literally in the book and people like, you need new glasses. I'm like, nope, these are the glasses. This, this is how they work. So, so it's the glasses and big text on your phone. Big and- text. Uh, I use a lot of big text. Um, there's some Zoom programs that I've learned to master on my computer and on my phones and things like that. And I bet you listen uh, to a lot of like books on tape rather yeah, than reading. I listen. Yeah. And, you know, I can make my phone read text, which makes it a little fast. I still like reading. That's why, you know, I do the big text. But sometimes I just, you know, uh, highlight it. And let it read itself. So, right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, wow. But you can drive. You're cool driving no, and everything. No, I can't drive. You can- <laughs> I, I don't know. drive. How did I not know yeah, all this? Yeah, I don't drive. Uh, I did drive, but they wouldn't renew my license. <laughs> um, so when Sir, I, you're blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I got here to Tacoma, I had a driver's license. Oh, uh, wow. The last job I had, I was driving. I was an exterminator. Oh, what? In Philadelphia. So I was driving all through the city. Bat blind, <laughs> not able to see a sign. I was able to see street lights, but it was it was crazy. And um, when I moved out here, I I got my license, but they were like, "No, you got to pass this eye exam," which prompted me to go to the eye doctor, which triggered me going to several eye doctors. And then I had a doctor sign off, said, "Hey, if he passes the test, then you could give him his license." But it was for two years. And then after that, the next doctor is like, oh, no, I'm not signing <laughs> off on this. So so is it is it getting worse? No. No. It okay. won't get any worse. So it's been the same, I guess, since I was about 22 years old, 23 wow. years old. And I'm 38 now. So how do you it, get around? As it got Uber. Uber. Nice. Uber, my wife. <laughs> Uber, my wife. I walk a lot. Uh, sometimes I jump on a scooter and things like that um but yeah it, i can't doorbell by right. myself you so have to have someone with you I always have somebody with me oh that's yeah, interesting yeah I always have somebody with me just to read my list and tell me what door to hit wow yeah so oh, man. thanks to my wife i i knock on a lot of doors and i got volunteers that support me with that too so mm-hmm. yeah well that's good yeah man i am so glad you shared that i feel like that was an interesting yeah, nugget most people don't know right I mean, but i I make it's because I, I manage and I get around so well. It's hard to tell, you know. But uh, yeah, it, it def like so. If you see me in the street, Candace, and you wave, 
I'm and you don't wave back. And I don't wave back. It's because I didn't see you. <laughs> I, it's, it's probably people all over Tacoma's like, that council member block is a jerk. I saw him. I waved at him. He just turned his head and kept walking. Well, now you know, Tacoma, I didn't see you. But I've had that. I've had people like call me. Hey, I waved to you in the middle of the street or I beat my horn and you just looked and stared at me. You know, I was staring because I was trying to see who you were, Mm -hmm. you know, and if your window's up, I definitely can't see. If you're across the street, I can't see. So I've had times where I was walking down the street and it took me to be like 10 feet in front of my mom before I recognized. I'm like, oh, that's my mom. (laughs) Wow. You know, I just see bodies and images, but I can't make out the details in people's faces. So, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That makes sense. So what does it look like from the council dais when you're looking out on that sea of people? Can you see anything at all? Uh, I can't see signs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Council member Campbell, when he was serving with us, he would always lean over and say, that's this, this. No LNG. He would just tell me what what the signs say. No LNG. I'm sure there's a lot of that. Yeah. So you always whisper in my ear and let me know what they say. But the city staff does really well at making sure that I have all my information and um, uh, my name on the dice is in big bold print. One day I'll turn it around so everybody can see. Yeah. (laughs) You walk up to each one. You're like, which one is it? Oh, or when I walk into a, I mean, what if I walk into an event and I'm trying to find table 18. Ugh. I'm just wandering and I look kind of weird. Councilman Blocker over here. You're like, thank God. <laughs> you know, the, the worst thing though is um, the name tags when I'm at an event mm. and I'm like, they're like, hey, Keith. And I'm like, hey, whoever you are. <laughs> and, you know, so I wonder, sometimes I feel like people think I can't read or... <laughs> No, hey, I, you. I can read. I just can't see your name on your name tag. So, so let that be a yeah. lesson to everyone to yeah. write your name really, really big, big on your name tag. Yeah. Stack two name tags on top of each other. Yeah, just write, write it write really it big. big. Uh, who is it? Um, who, our lieutenant governor, who's also mm. legally blind, Cyrus Habib. We, we, we joke and say we're the, the uh, blind person of color caucus <laughs> just the two of us just the two of us just the two of you yeah. guys you guys should like run for something together someday and just be like blind leading the blind <laughs> the blind leading the blind exactly so i see a little bit better than he does but yeah mm. he, he's an amazing guy yeah yeah he's awesome it does more than what i can do you can see nothing <laughs> <laughs> so so you just had your first term in office as yeah. a Tacoma city councilman you represent District 3, which is the hilltop, and mm-hmm. then Central Tacoma. Central Tacoma, parts of South Tacoma, mm-hmm. um, all the way up to 56th in South Tacoma. So interesting with how it's broken down. But yeah, parts mm-hmm. of South. A lot of the mall area mm-hmm. is in my district. Yeah. I I think I'm in Campbell's or Campbell's old district now, Ushka's district, but I, I might be yours. I actually don't know because I haven't voted since. Well, you weren't on the ballot this time because you don't have or a primary, challenge or yeah. you don't have yeah a primary. Um, but I have to figure that out. So I just moved to um, like uh, Thompson and Wright. Thompson and Wright. Like by right by Lincoln High School. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, Ushka. Yep. Okay. Yep. Good yep. to know. Yep. So, all right, you just had your first term in office, mm-hmm. uh, and that was your first time ever running for office. Yeah. And um, why? tell us why you're running for a second term. Um, you know, one, I enjoy this work. Uh, I think is really impactful. That's why I ran in the first place. I was, you know, 
more so of a community organizer, um, which is big and big and really into social justice and racial justice and things like that. Uh, equity is really important to me. Inclusion is really important to me. And I, I just felt like the city, um, I felt like I brought a different perspective that, that wasn't on the council. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I ran. And I, I took some time to prepare myself for it. I engaged a, a lot of elected officials. Um, Harold G. Moss, who was the first black mayor of the city of Tacoma, is one of my mentors. And he kind of took me under his wing back in 2007. Um, and, and from there, I started to like really prepare myself and try to get involved in politics, help other people with their campaigns and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I thought I would put myself in a position if elected to, to make a difference in this community. Um, and what I found out is city government moves really slow. Um, there's a lot of barriers to make change. And it's not barriers in the sense of people intentionally putting up mm-hmm. barriers. It's just process and bureaucracy. And there's so many moving parts to a lot of complex issues. Um, but I've learned a lot in the past four years and, and st- starting to, you know, figure out how to navigate certain things. And, but it's, it's, it's difficult. It's not easy work. Um, people often are upset with the decisions that you make and that causes a challenge too. And, you know, uh, you can't please everybody, right? You know, uh, here's a quote that says, you know, you got to satisfy the irritated without irritating the satisfied, mm, right? Comfort the afflicted, uh, afflict yeah, the comfortable. Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting balance that you have to find. And, you know, people have a lot of information and they share information with you that probably a lot of times contradicts the information that city staff has. And we rely on city staff a lot because we're, you know, our role is part-time. Mm-hmm. The mayor is full-time, but council members are part-time. But the city manager does the day-to-day operations. And a lot of stuff that we do is more high-level policy mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, people tend to expect us to, to kind of get into the details of things, yeah. which, which the, the system, the organization is not designed for us to do that. But um, but it's been real interesting, and yeah. uh, all in all, I I really enjoy it. It's been a great experience, and that's why I want to run again because I've, I've I've started some work that hasn't been completed, mm-hmm. and it it definitely will take four more years because the things that I have done have have taken quite some time to right. to to move forward. Yeah, well, as a newly minted government employee, I can definitely appreciate what you mean by bureaucracy and red yeah, tape, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are some of those things that you feel like you're starting to hit your stride on that, that you've been working on? Um, so the city of Tacoma has done a, has not done a good job at um, administering contracts to people of color or women. And we're looking at... Uh, Go back to 2016, 17, when we looked at the data, it showed that we uh, gave out 800 or so contracts, and about eight were given to small businesses mm-hmm. and minority-owned businesses and women businesses. So one percent. One percent, right? Wow. And that's and that's small small businesses, minority businesses, and women businesses. All so three of those. All three of those made up the the eight <laughs> out of the eight. That's insane, so, right? <laughs> so. So that was a problem. And then we haven't done a disparity study, I don't think, ever until 
Um, I, I pushed to get the funding to do one in 2016, which took almost two years to get completed. And here we are at the end of our term, and now I finally have the information <laughs> to use mm-hmm. to, to actually accomplish something. But um, so we, we looked at the data. It told us essentially what we already know. But then there's the, the I-200 uh, barrier that says you can't have set up race-based programming. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a state law? That was or? a state law, right. And the, the, what we were trying to do is get the data to say, hey, you know, we have, a, we have clear disparities. We need to address these disparities, and we're going to have to do some innovative programming. So right now we're having discussions about those programs that we could set up to help one, grow small businesses, mm-hmm. help small minority businesses uh, learn how to engage the city and get bids and things like that, while at the same time um, making sure that people of color are getting those union jobs when the city is putting out contracts. And we were putting out a lot of, you know, when we're fixing our streets mm-hmm. and we're, you know, we have construction, you know, uh, we have light rail coming and things like that. We want to make sure that people who live in this community have opportunities to to work in the city of Tacoma. Now, I was just at a meeting uh, a few days ago. People were like, you know, they really wanted to focus on how can we get hilltop people to get on this light rail, light rail project. Right. And I explained to them, well, we don't want to box people in and just say, hey, you work in this community. You only have. If you live in this community, you have to work in this community because 25% of uh, all the workers that are on Sound Transit's, you know, workforce, mm-hmm. 25% come from Pierce County. Oh. So they're going up to, to King County to get work. So we don't want to say, <sighs> hey, just, you know, if they work in the city of Tacoma, you got to stay in it. No, because the, the work is other places. Right. But what we can do is we can make sure that people on the hilltop and in central Tacoma um, are aware of these resources, are engaging in unions, and are taking advantage of these apprenticeship programs mm-hmm. that are available so they could get access to these jobs. Because mm-hmm. the jobs are coming, the contracts are coming. And and our unions have a problem that people aren't aware of. Uh, uh, talking to some, some union leadership who are telling me that when anytime you see a, a construction site, the average age of the workers are 40 years old. Wow. So people are retiring and we still need to build and we're not getting younger people into the loop fast enough yep. to keep up with the amount of work that's coming. So that's something that I really want to fo- focus on is how to get young people engaged in these opportunities so that they could take advantage of mm-hmm. of of the prosperity that's happening in the city of Tacoma. Those are good paying jobs. Yeah, really yeah. good paying jobs. Mm-hmm. I wish I could see it. I'd probably be on one of those work sites. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could part-time, maybe. Part-time, right? I, could, I could be a uh, flagger or something. Right. Like that. Go to the tool center, get your pre-apprenticeship yeah, training. <laughs> exactly. So I started out in the trade. So I'm, oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, back in Philadelphia, I was... Uh, I worked for the the city as a, a trades helper for the Philadelphia Water Department. So I went through an internship. I went to a tech uh, a technical high school. So it was cool. a, a what we call area vocational technical school. So I learned how to do you know electrical work and learned how to do a little you know mechanics and that kind of stuff. And I was able to get an internship with the city that I did for a couple of years. So I'm really familiar with the trades. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great opportunity for people who are interested in it. 
We need more of that. We need more vocational schools in this area. Absolutely. And more encouragement, like you said, of young people getting into the trades because you don't go into debt by going to a four-year university. Not that that's wrong. It's the path for some people. It doesn't need to be the path for everyone. Right. And then you start off when you're 22 making 26 bucks an hour. Right. Yeah. No, there's a lot of opportunities that are available. Mm -hmm. And we just got to do a better job at at making it more accessible to people. Absolutely. It's a really good point. So what do you think are the top three issues facing your district and then the top three issues facing the city? So District 3 is you know, homelessness is, is a, a huge problem, and that, that's the whole city. But um, my district, there's been a lot of concern about homelessness in parks. And District 3 is literally in the center of the city. So... It's close to downtown. It's close to all the human services. Everything is accessible. So we're seeing a cluster of activity around homelessness in my district. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's and I just want to put it out there, you know, the city of Tacoma is managing homelessness the same way throughout the city. So there's the notion that, oh, this wouldn't happen in the north end. Well, it's not happening in the north end because the north end is the north end, right? Mm-hmm. It's not close to all the resources. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is people, we run a complaint-based system. So when people call and complain, then the city acts, and then that's a process, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes time to to address those activities. And, you know, we got to make sure that we're not criminalizing homelessness. And that's something that I want to make sure that never happens. But it's really hard with you know, we're, de- we're we're seeing, you know, drug use. We're seeing uh, sometimes even prostitution and things like that. And those are the things that we can enforce, but we don't want to make that a blanket mm-hmm. and treat everybody who experiences homelessness the same way. So it's a, it's, for me, it's a delicate situation because I get, you know, you get crazy ideas like just put them all in Pierce County Jail, right? <laughs> You know, which is, which is <laughs> right. No, can't do that. And and I try to explain to people like we're no, we're exercising everything we have right now. Since I've been on the council, we've increased our budget to address homelessness by millions mm-hmm. of dollars. I mean, millions of dollars. Huge investment. A huge investment. You know, the stability site is a huge investment, which is actually working for the people that are taking advantage of it. And what we're seeing is um, there are people who are just refusing to support and refusing to serve. They don't trust government. They've had bad experiences with, with shelters. Um, they don't want to leave their partner. Mm-hmm. People don't want to... Um, you know, if they're same-sex partners, there's shelters that don't allow partners to to come at the same time. Mm-hmm. People don't want to leave their pets. People don't want to leave their stuff. Right. Right. And the city is storing people's stuff. You know, stuff that you know other people might see as trash. These are people's valuable possessions, and we're like, we're really being mindful of that and trying to support people with that. So there's just so many different challenges we're seeing that. Women who are experiencing homelessness have issues with domestic violence. Then we have the opioid epidemic. We have mental health, a mental health crisis. There are just, uh, it, which is just creating a perfect storm. And on top of, you know, rents increasing, mm-hmm. property values are going up. And it's interesting that uh, there was an article that came out 
maybe last month that said Tacoma as the hottest housing market in the U.S. right now. And on from face value, you would say, well, that's great, right? That's amazing. Go Tacoma. But no, there are some unintended consequences with this with this prosperity and everybody's not prospering off of off of, you know, the property values going up. We have 50 percent of our residents in Tacoma are renters. Right. right? And 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 a large portion of those are are um, rent burden, mm-hmm. which means they're spending more than 30 percent of their income just to cover their rent. And that's a problem. And and people you know, say, well, what is the city going to do about it, right? Well, we're going to do what we can, but we can't control, um, we can't control the market. We can't control the fact that property values are going up. Uh, people say, well, what about rent control? Well, rent control is illegal in the state of Washington, and that would be uh, something really hard to, to push through um, if people are even interested in that. I've heard, I've, I've read about it. There's mm-hmm. mixed feelings about rent control and the impacts is positive for the moment, but it, has, it can have long-term negative impacts if developers and people no longer want to build. So we already are dealing with a situation where the uh, the stock is low. Right. You know, there's just not enough housing right now to accommodate everybody in the city of Tacoma. And then that makes demand high, which makes people say, hey, I could charge more for this rent. Mm-hmm. And now we got, you know, the prosperity of Seattle. You know, people are coming down to Tacoma to find, you know, a good a good price on a house. Right. And they're outbidding people who actually live in the city of Tacoma. So it's, so it's all kinds of problems. But what we are doing, which I think is great, like we've come up with an actual strategy that is not going to sit on the mayor's or the city manager's desk. This is something that we're actively engaging and implementing. And our goal is to um, to leverage city resources to work with developers, nonprofits, faith-based organizations to create a thousand units, a thousand affordable units every year for the next 10 years. Yeah. And that's going to take a heavy lift. That's going to take not millions, but billions of dollars and the city and people say, well, what is the city going to do? Well, the city, we're looking at raising funds through a, a affordable housing trust, mm-hmm. um, which can generate several, several millions of dollars. And we use that to help um, create incentives to help make it easier for developers, help make it easier for our, our churches and faith-based organizations to develop pro- projects that can generate affordable housing. So I'm excited that we're doing that. That's why I want to stay on the council. Mm-hmm. I want to see that go forward, and I want to make sure that we are staying on top of that and staying engaged and working harder to keep people in their houses. You know, we're, we have a problem with displacement. Yeah. And that's a huge problem. Um, you know, we have the link light rail coming to the hilltop, and a lot of people are excited about that. But there are also people that are concerned that they they will be displaced and from their own community that they were born and raised in. So we're having a lot of conversations, and that's a part of our strategy: is create more housing while at the same time work to keep people inside of their housing right now. So. It's right. it's a lot of work, a lot of challenges, a lot of moving pieces and variables, mm-hmm. but it's something that I that I'm passionate about and I want to continue to work on. Cool. All right, let's take a real quick break and we'll be right back. Cool. 
This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerd Farmer podcast on the Channel 253 Network. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. Alaska is our hometown airline. They remember the TAC and SeaTac, if you know what I mean. Just the other day, I saw Alaska running an ad in a local magazine with the tagline, fly like the mountain is out. If Alaska Airlines can be South Sound proud, we can be too, and choose our local airline. I know a few people who work at Alaska. I bet you do too. Sometimes I see them when I fly, and sometimes I see them out and about enjoying life in the 253. And what's awesome is Alaska is the best airline around. Local and the best way to fly, that's an easy choice to make. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, if you're enjoying this conversation with Councilman Blocker, please consider becoming a member of Channel 253. Go to channel253.com slash membership. It's a mere $4 a month or $40 a year. I'm a member. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Councilman Blocker, you were just talking about what the city is doing. They're investing a lot of money, have been, and will continue to do so to create affordable housing, incentivize developers to build that housing. Mm-hmm. Where is that going to be built? And what's like, is, are we going to see any of that like anytime soon? Well, so what we, part of the the, the, the problem is, we have to attract developers, right? Mm-hmm. They have to see the value in building in the city of Tacoma. And that's been picking up. Like there is a, a project right off of 74th and Pacific Avenue that we just approved. And we haven't seen development in that area in a long time. Is that the bowling alley one? I, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's two projects that's going to be happening right around that area. Um, so transit-orientated development, making sure that uh, – uh, development is close to public transportation, which does so many things for the community. You want it, it, you know, we want we want people to drive less. Um, we want to make sure that one we gotta we gotta prepare for a more dense population, and having people close to transit areas is just a, a good thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that. Um, but when it comes to affordable housing, we want housing all over the city, right? We don't want all the all the affordable housing to be on the hilltop or in South Tacoma. We want to make sure it's spread out throughout the city. We also need housing throughout the whole city at every level. Um, a problem that we have right now is the the housing that is on a that's cheaper. You have people with higher incomes who are taking up the cheaper stock, mm-hmm. which you know you would say smart, right? You <laughs> save money, right? But that's creating a burden for the people who can't afford the higher rents. And that's why we're seeing a lot of this, you know, people are spending more than 30 percent of their income on housing. So that's the challenge. So we want to have housing throughout the whole city. Um, And the city can, you know, there's a lot of talk about the eight year and 12 year tax abatement. And there's not one council member that has got into this position and questioned that eight-year tax abatement mm-hmm. like and not questioned it you mean yeah we all questioned yeah it. the we, market rate we all quite we are like why are we doing this tax breaks for market rate Ta- development. right tax mm-hmm. breaks for market rate development and the response from staff and all the data and all the analysis says that we still need the eight-year tax abatement because one we need housing period mm-hmm. there's just not enough housing the more housing stock you you bring in helps drive the the cost down and we needed to incentivize development and that's what we've done and people it gives a lot of people heartburn because they're like oh you're giving these tax breaks and yes we are but 
all of our analysis says we still need to do this, even though uh, Tacoma is a hot market. Now, do we think we need more of the 12 year? Absolutely. But right now it's an option. Mm -hmm. And when developers can't make the, the financing work, then we just we all lose. Mm -hmm. So the eight year tax abatement thing is is still good. There they may I believe there will hit a point where we don't need it anymore, but we're not at that point right now. Right now you just need the units. We need the units. And you need the upscale units that these people from Seattle right. are gonna spend sixteen hundred dollars a right. month on a one bedroom. Absolutely, because mm -hmm. when we start doing the more affordable housing, we don't want people from Seattle coming down snatching up all the affordable housing, mm -hmm. which they will, right? And and that's why we need the upscale. So um, it gives us all heartburn, right? But we're like, you know, but we're all being pragmatic in our approach to this. And we realize that this is, it It, it, it may look bad, it might feel bad, but it's part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking long term and we can't, we just can't think short term right now because, you know, one, we got to increase density. Yeah. Um, mandated by state law the growth management mm -hmm. act says that we have to do this we have to prepare for upwards of eighty thousand more people coming to the city of tacoma woof yeah, that's a <laughs> lot of people right that's too many damn too, people yeah so so the tacoma the tacoma that you know and love is rapidly changing mm -hmm. right it's rapidly changing and as a quote people say two things people hate the most is for things to change for things to stay the same right and and that's like what we're that. seeing right now and things are changing but um but I think we're headed in the, in, in the right direction with with the policy decisions right. that we're making. So, yeah, so it's um, affordability and homelessness kind of hand in hand are two yeah, top yeah. issues for both to the city and your district, probably. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. is there another issue that you're seeing a lot in your district that... that um, you know, the, those are the main, you know, we, we're, we're fixing our streets. Yeah. Yay, yay, Tacoma. Um, and, and we're doing it in a very equitable way. Um, and I'm, you know, I, 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 last time I looked, we have paved almost 1200 streets in the city of Tacoma and we're continuing to, to work on those efforts. Um, over 300 streets have been fixed in district three. I had a lady, uh, an elderly lady, a supporter of mine, sent me a, a message about a month ago. She's like, um, the city paid my street, and now when it floods, I don't have to walk three blocks away because the big puddles that were piling up every time it oh, rains. Yeah. So she couldn't park there? She couldn't park, or she had to walk an extra block just to get to her street because mm -hmm. the puddles, right? And now her street is paved, right? But also, I was doorbelling the other day, and uh, the, the neighbors said, hey, thanks for paving the streets. But now our curbs are in a way, and we can't park our cars on. <laughs> so, one thing yeah, at a time, one thing sir. At a time, right? You know, you pave the streets, but the streets are too narrow. Like, oh, now they're too smooth. Yeah, they're too smooth and too narrow, and four cars can't drive. Like, uh, uh, but uh, but no, we're fixing the streets, and that's exciting. Um, but jobs, jobs—that's something that I that. We absolutely need um, the the whole city. That's a. It's funny when I start when I ran the first time. There's a lot of talk about all the empty buildings downtown, um, and how come how can we fill up those buildings? So we're we've been working on that, and that's extremely complicated because big companies want 
what they call class A buildings. Yeah. And what we call class A buildings is like class C buildings in Seattle. <laughs> right? And what you mean by that? Like, explain. Those are like nicer buildings with lots of amenities. Yeah. They have like delis downstairs. Delis, all, all the cool gyms. stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we don't have that. And then people say, well, why don't you build? So we could we could try to build stuff. But I always tell people uh, a hammer and a nail costs the same amount of money in Tacoma as it does in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So all the supplies that it costs to, to build a nice building in Seattle, it's the same price to build it in Tacoma, but they're going to get three times more money in mm -hmm. Seattle. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why we need to incentivize to get people to come to Tacoma and build. And that just passed, right? The Class A office space incentive, I think, yeah. passed the legislature. I think so, yeah. 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 So, so now we could, we could play around with that. And then... Uh, I'll have to check that, but I think I think it passed, right? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And then uh, I'm excited about the, the new amount of money that we're going to get for affordable housing that passed in the legislation. So we could um, use a small percentage of our sales tax to go to affordable housing. Mm -hmm. So it's estimated that we would bring in an additional million dollars, upwards of a million dollars, 900000 or so a year uh, for the next 20 years to go towards affordable housing. So I'm excited about that. And uh, we we are definitely uh, strategizing how to effectively use those funds. Awesome. Yeah. And with the new Speaker of the House from Tacoma. Oh, yeah. And hopefully yeah. that'll Very throw some exciting. money our way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got inside track now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So kind of talked about the big issues. Uh, what is your proudest accomplishment in the last four years? Um, so... We we got an immigrant defense fund. That was something that I championed. Um, we had a, a task force, an immigrant refugee task force, that was turned into a permanent commission. Um, that was led by Councilmember Campbell, but I was greatly supportive of that. And then I led the efforts because one of the recommendations was to create a legal defense fund. And we've funded that, and now we're permanently funding that. And people can donate to that as well, but the city will um, every year make a— a fifty thousand dollar contribution to the to those efforts. Um, Where can people go to donate to that? They can go to the city website. Mm -hmm. um, just city type city of city Tacoma dot org and type in and search legal defense fund, and then that will come up. So that's something that I'm excited about. Uh, link the light rail. One cool thing with the light rail that people aren't aware of. It's going to have free internet access along MLK corridor. Wow. Yeah. So, Damn, that's huge. Yeah, I did not know huge. that. So Hilltop will be getting free internet across the corridor. And that's something that uh, I championed and got support from my colleagues. Um, I mentioned roads. You know, we, we took a very equitable approach to paving our streets. So I'm excited about that. Um, what else? Uh, getting the funds to do our disparity study and now we're having some real conversations about how to make our our contracting more equitable um project peace is mm -hmm. something that i didn't start but i've been kind of pumping life into it since i've been on the council and really been championing um getting officers to engage young people inside of our high schools and try to build relationships that way um, we believe that just building community and having officers being more part of the community is going to help uh, mitigate any tensions between officers and communities of color. And, mm -hmm. and our officers and our chief of police and city manager have been really engaged in making sure that Project Peace um, stays, stays, keeps going. And there's more to come with that. 
Yeah, so what's going on? I haven't gotten an update on that in a while. What's going on with Project Peace? Yeah, so uh, we, we've we been doing a series of, of youth engagement. Um, we have a list of recommendations that we're working through. Body cams is one of those things that we're still exploring on how to, how to get set up. Apparently, there's a lot of legal issues with the state that makes mm. that creates more challenges around that but um but project pieces has been in my opinion uh going well it, we could do a lot better with it but it's it's still active and it's funny you know uh, you have you have community perspective you have our perspective but then you have you know other cities outside of tacoma where when they see project peace they're like wow that's amazing that's so innovative like cities aren't doing those kind of things mm. you know cities don't have equity initiatives right? right so when i go to conferences and people see what tacoma is doing you know they're like that's amazing and then the community is like it's still not enough and we're <laughs> like hey right we're doing some cutting edge things that you know because it's government it just takes time and right we're talking about p- problems from the beginning of time like this these things are nothing new like police and community relations has has been an issue for a long time but we're working on it and and that's what i try to let people know like you know we understand the issues we understand the problem we've got all that like we we get bombarded with data and all the information so we use that and i think we do a good job at utilizing the data to 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 make progress Mm -hmm. and that's all we can really like we're not you can't go from i don't know it, incremental change is the way government works, and I know that's frustrating. So it was frustrating to me as an organizer. I'm like, we need to get this done, but nope, it takes time. So project pieces is moving along. Um, yeah, I think it's good to hear that there's still momentum behind that. Yeah, when I first moved to Tacoma three years ago, that was like big, big, big. It had big. just launched. Yeah, it was huge. Mm-hmm. But it's good to hear they're still considering the body cams yeah. and looking into that. Yep, cool. And it, it, we've had an issue with staffing. You know, oh, on on the department. On, yeah, mm-hmm. so um, we've been working to get more officers. Uh, we have issues with uh, staffing to lead Project Peace. So we actually had like three people in the past couple of years who've um, who've got better jobs, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, well, good for you, but now the momentum is kind of mm-hmm. so. It's all these internal things that people don't know about, and uh, so that's where Project Peace is. But it's still moving along. We're still investing in it. Um, community engagement and, and making sure our officers are working with uh, with communities of color better is, is a top priority of mine. Mm. And you kind of touched on uh, our next question. So you said, you know, you're you're an organizer. You want to get shit done, like yeah. make it happen. So what what's something that you wanted to address when you got on the council, but that's been harder to fix than you thought it would be? Um, the, the homelessness problem. Honestly, like I. When I got in, I was like, why don't we have a tent city? <laughs> yeah. Like, that was, like, my first thing. And I got a lot of pushback. It was like From the staff or? Uh, city, just, you know, other colleagues. And I'm like, look, we got to do something. Like, they're already sleeping wherever they want. We might as well set up a, a location where they could sleep. And then, you know, you know, I understand community concerns and everything. But we've actually, we set it up. We've got legislation in place for churches because our, our ordinance that was set up prior to me being on the council was done in a way that basically prevented it from happening. So it was like a tent city ordinance, but it was so many loopholes and things that you had to go through and it was so expensive. That you couldn't have a tent you, city? Right, you couldn't have it. So we changed that 
and we still don't have it, right? <laughs> but what we did do um, under Mayor Strickland's, Strickland's leadership and a little bit of push from me is like, hey, we got to do something. So we came up with the idea of the stability site, which is a city-ran tent city, essentially, um, that is very expensive. Mm-hmm. But we're providing people with case management, um, food, they're getting all the services that they need down there, and we're seeing good results. We're we're getting people into permanent housing faster than the the shelters, mm-hmm. and and part of it is like that's our strategy to get people into permanent shelters, and that's not necessarily every shelter's goal to help. They're just here to shelter. They're not really here to, you know, get you in a better place. You know, some shelters do, but that's not really their model. But that's the model of the stability site. So one third of all the people that we've served have are now in stable situations. Mm-hmm. But again, it's really expensive. We're going to keep it going um, another year, and then every year we assess and see, you know, is this working? You know, how much is going to cost us? Can we reduce the cost? But right so now, so one more year from now. One more year yeah. from now, and we've reduced the cost from. Uh, almost about three million to closer to two million. By doing what? Um, it's by working with I want to say is Catholic Community mm-hmm. Services. Um, they're going to cut down on their staff. They feel like they can manage it with less staff, mm-hmm. which is going to reduce cost and allow them wouldn't allow us to keep doing it because I don't think we could have done it if it was if the price of uh, the case managers was going to keep getting higher. So we're going to continue to do that. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. But we still have the issue of people who don't want help or they turn down the, the services. So that's the challenge that we're all wrapping our brains around right now. Yeah, and people who just have really high barriers and really need a lot of support oh, yeah. to be ready for whatever's next. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, there's another thing that's we're working on right now. Uh, we've had a lot of concerns about people sleeping in our in our parks like people's park i keep seeing chatter online about people complaining about people's park yeah Yeah. setting up tents in the park and apparently um that's not illegal even though camping in the street is illegal our officers could could address that but what people don't realize is if there's a private property the city can't move somebody off a private property without the permission of the property owner which takes additional time to make it happen and metro parks is the property owner so they have to make the complaint they have to tell the city and then we could go in and 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 make have people move the problem is during uh uh park hours you can set up a tent. <laughs> i'm just at the park I'm just at the park right <laughs> just at the park and and so we're working on and this might upset people but we're working on something that says you can't set up uh, enclosed tents mm. like a, like a full dome like a full, that zips right and, but you could set up a canopy mm-hmm. but you because what we're finding is um one an officer can't go into somebody's tent the officer right. has to get a warrant to interesting go, to go in a tent um and there we expect that there is some illegal activities going on inside of tents you know drugs and uh, maybe even other things that are are extremely inappropriate. So, for the, but you for, have to get a warrant to you even have, you got to get a mm-hmm. warrant to even approach. And um, the ACLU is watching us closely. Um, we can't. Uh, what is it? The Eighth Amendment, which is cruel and unusual punishment. You can't 
just fine people for being homeless. You can't criminalize homelessness, mm-hmm. and that's something that we absolutely don't want to do. So we're really struggling with finding that balance between how do we manage this these, this situation without infringing on people's rights. Yeah. But people, you know, it's it's causing a nuisance and it's a problem and it's something that we're we're extremely aware of and trying to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's a it's a tough one. I yeah. mean, the city's home is not the first one to try to solve this. And mm-hmm. I mean, my opinion now that I'm not a reporter, I can say this is the city is really trying to do innovative stuff. And there's only so much money you can throw at the problem. <laughs> there's like, only so much money you can throw at the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seattle has all the money in the world mm-hmm. and they can't fix it. They're coming to us. They're looking at our stability site and their Olympia is coming to us to figure out what we're doing because they see what we're doing is is effective. It's not fixing the whole problem, but we're helping people where they're just kind of, in some cases, enabling people. Yeah. And we're trying to, not, we don't want to do that. We want to help people that that have a vision that, you know, are in a tough place right now, but see something, you know, better for themselves in the, in the future. And everybody's not in that place. And I, yeah. I, I think, you know, I don't believe in throwaway people, you know, because I could have been one of those people, right? And I tell people, we're all, you know, we're one tragedy away from having a mental health problem ourselves, or one tragedy away of, you know, not being able to pay our mortgage, you know, mm-hmm. so... It's, it's challenging, and, you know, like I said, I, I'm, we're trying to take a compassionate while a stern approach to addressing this, but it's not a Tacoma problem. It's a, this is a national problem, yeah. you know, so it's... it's we got to learn how to take care of our people. we got to learn how to take care of our people. Mm-hmm. That has to be the priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Uh so we kind of we talked about gentrification, homelessness, uh, need jobs, need good jobs in Tacoma for people mm-hmm. to be able to afford to stay in their homes, need yeah. to create, build more housing, build oh, more affordable housing, housing and market rate housing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess since we're almost out of time, the last time you ran, you had a huge field of opponents. I think you had six people six, running against yep, you. Yep, six people. And you yeah. were a newcomer then. Yep. And so now you only have one opponent, and he's a political newcomer. He's yeah. a hilltop businessman. Um, I don't think he's ever run for office before. No, I think so. Um, so he owns a T-shirt shop, T-shirt men? Yep. Yeah, yep. David Combs. Um, so why are you the right person for the job as opposed to David? Well, I mean, I, I cl- clearly if experience means anything to you. I, I have experience. I understand the system. I understand how it works, um, you know. I'm I'm a hard worker. I feel like I've been effective in the past three and a half years in addressing issues that concern, you know, residents of, of District 3. Um, my colleagues, I've been endorsed by all of my colleagues, so it speaks to my ability to build significant relationships. And um, I ran on, you know, my part of my platform was getting back to the basics and, you know, working with people to build consensus and be a collaborator. And I feel like I've done that. Um, I don't have any uh, strenuous relationships with any of my colleagues, even though we don't always agree. But I, I the way I work with people, people appreciate it. You know, I tend to not be uh, combative, but I'm stern, you know. Um, I make sure that I'm always mindful and thoughtful, and I always hear other people, you know, people say it's two sides, their story is more than two sides, and I try to hear as many sides as I can and and collect the the information and make decisions based off of um, 
based off the facts and based off the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I bring that to the table. I've been endorsed by, like I said, the mayor, all my colleagues, uh, uh, Attorney General Bob Ferguson has endorsed my oh. campaign. Um, Congressman Kilmer has endorsed my campaign. Uh, Speaker of the House, Laurie Jenkins. So Jeannie Darnell, Jake Fye. Uh, the teachers union, firefighters. So all these people say Keith Blocker has done a great job, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they, they respect my approach to creating policy. They respect how I engage them and how I engage this community. They recognize that I'm passionate and I really care about the, the service that I'm doing. And I want to do it for the next four years. And, and I have a whole bunch of people that want to see me stay in, stay in this position for the next four years. All right, so. cool. And uh, the hardest questions of the day. Yeah. Most underrated place to eat in Tacoma? Underrated. Um, I don't know. I, 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 maybe fucking on the hilltop. Good right, one. like that's a great spot. It's kind of low key, um, not not that expensive, you know. But food is really good, so I enjoy um, I enjoy Full King, and uh, most overrated uh, place overrated? to eat in Tacoma. What is the overrated? Who am I going to upset? <laughs> I know you're running for office. That's uh, tough. <laughs> overrated. That's a tough one. That's a tough one for people running for office. I didn't even think about that. It's yeah. Kind of I got to think of a chain that people don't like or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I have my favorites, but overrated. I don't know. Don't have one. I don't have one. That's fair. You're running yeah, for office. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Let him off the hook, Candace. Let him off the hook. All right. I'm letting you off the hook. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, what restaurants uh, in other people's districts that I get? Well, <laughs> Keith, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah appreciate it. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other podcasts, Move to Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Crossing Division, We Art Tacoma, Flounders B-Team, and Tacoma. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at candice.rude at gmail.com. That's Candice with an I, dot rude, R-U-U-D, at gmail.com. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rude, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.